Welcome to another edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. I'm Mike Trout. In December of 2011, Bob Simon, one of the hosts of CBS's 60 Minutes, presented a special on Mount Athos. And to get just a brief amount of background on Mount Athos, he spoke with one of the monks there. So it was initially a, t- a territory within the Byzantine Empire. Later it was territory within the Ottoman Empire, and now it's territory within modern Greece. But it's a self-administered, autonomous territory. It's self-administered, self-governing. Right. In that respect you are, or in several respects, you're different from the Vatican. Uh, in several, and uh, many, and uh, some would say in all. Now on this edition of Come Receive the Light, we're not going to travel to Mount Athos, perhaps sometime in the future. We'll have that opportunity. But instead, our host, Father Christopher Metropolis, is going to speak with a man who did travel to Mount Athos and interviewed a number of the monks, including one that impressed him very much, Father Maximos. So I was very impressed with his uncommon wisdom. How could a 32-year-old monk have so much wisdom? And I spent some time with him, walking the mountains there and discussing philosophical and theological questions. That's the voice of Dr. Kyriakos Markidis, who is a professor in the sociology department at the University of Maine. And for the last 20 years, he has been exploring the lives and teachings of Christian mystics, healers, and miracle workers, and monastics around the world. And that's what took him to Mount Athos and to eventually write a book called The Mountain of Silence. Professor, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you very much. Let's look at how Father Maximus characterizes our times. Can you tell us something about that? Well, I don't think he has any uh, strong opinions about our times. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the focus of Father Maximus is really how to help individuals attain uh, eternal life uh, or attain eternal life while we are still in this world. So this is a flawed world, as you know, from uh, Orthodox spirituality, and uh, therefore uh, our focus is simply to uh, transcend this world and attain the kind of joy and peace that comes with uh, union with God. And does he experience, or have you experienced in the writing of this book, a real important fact as far as I'm concerned? We can share Elder Maximus, we can share Elder Sophronius, all of these elders with people, but are they willing and able to actually follow these teachings? Is it something they want, or are we considered a bother in their life? No, I don't think it is a bother. On the contrary, uh, Father Maximus had to leave Mount Athos, uh, contrary to his own desires, actually, uh, because uh, his elders wanted him to do work outside of Mount Athos. And in fact, uh, returning to Cyprus, where he left as a, young, uh, as a young man, created a kind of a spiritual revolution on the island. So, uh, yes, they want this uh, wisdom to be shared by the wider world. Because we know now, especially with the proliferation of media channels, the Internet, there is so much noise out there that it is very, very difficult for people to actually differentiate between truth and falsehood, what is holy and what is unholy. And it makes it wonderful that we actually have these people to help us out. Um, Let's look at your chapter in Ceaseless Prayer. Father Maximus says that there is no spirituality without genuine humility. 
And later in the chapter, you're reading Abba Dorotheus, who observes that a person with humility feels no anger as he takes responsibility for all that happens to him. Yes, without humility, you have not attained anything. This is what the elders teach. Uh, and therefore, our struggle is really to tame the ego and attain genuine humility. So if you, when you reach that state of humility and you more or less tame the, the selfish ego, uh, then you, uh, you do not get angry when that ego is being hurt because there is nothing to be hurt about. So, yes, the spiritual life is the transcendence of um, egotism, and, uh, which leads to uh, humility. And uh, this is what is uh, at, the, at the center of, uh, of Christian and Orthodox spirituality, I think. Mm-hmm. Your book has not only had a profound impact on Orthodox Christians of faith, but uh, I've seen also on skeptics. The complexity, the beauty of faith, sort of unravels in front of people as readers follow through this narrative. Was there, in writing this beautiful thing, was there a particular profound moment for you as the author? Well, uh, it, it has been a series of uh, encounters and experiences. I cannot pinpoint uh, uh, a single one, but uh, if I try hard, I can start with uh, meeting Father Maximus, for example. When I, when I went to Mount Athos, I, I went there somewhat reluctantly because I thought that Mount Athos was nothing more than a leftover of medievalism. And then uh, the first monk that I met there and uh, I was uh, very impressed with uh, was Father Maximus. And at that time he was 32 years old. So I was very impressed with his uncommon wisdom. How could a 32-year-old monk have so much wisdom? And I spent some time with him, walking the mountains there and discussing philosophical and theological questions. And it is at that point when I I learned that one of his elders was Elder Baisios. And I got very excited to to meet Elder Baisios, who eventually became... uh, Saint Baisius. Saint Baisius, yes. So uh, it, it is an awe-inspiring uh, notion that uh, I met uh, uh, a living elder who became a saint. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was at the consecration of a church in Cyprus uh, for elder for Saint Baisius. So here is the man that I met face to face, and now I was kissing his icon. That was a highlight. <laughs> Uh, and what, what impressed me about Elder Baisios is not only his humility, but also his, ex, uh, his, his delightful humanity. He was a man with an extraordinary sense of humor that made us laugh all, all the time while we were there with him. So I, I thought, uh, in fact, when I first met him, I said, my God, he's so more funny than Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to see the humanity. I mean, I've gone also to Manathos. I hadn't been, I I confess to you, I had not been all of my life as a priest. And uh, the year that I uh, became the president of Helena College Holy Cross was that year I went. I felt I needed to make that pilgrimage. And uh, I, too, had the same experience you did, Doctor. It was... uh, 
they say the Maunathos is the Avlit Ispanaias, right? The garden for the Ispanaia, for the mother of God. Uh, I mentioned even that when I was driving through Maunathos and they were driving me to the various monasteries, I didn't notice any trees that were down. All the trees even point to to the sky. They are even praying to God. It is an incredible place, and there is where you meet some men that have dedicated their entire life and have just dropped everything and become humble individuals. I'm sure they struggle too. But oh, it, is yeah. quite a place. it is quite a place. And it is, uh, what, what amazed me also is the, the miracle stories that you hear on Mount Athos. And uh, I, have, um, I have read in reference to parapsychological research and so on, and many of these uh, individuals, like Alter Baisios and others, have uh, these extraordinary gifts that um, are really, really extraordinary. Yes, yes. And it, it, it is the result of their long-term uh, prayers and practice, and they come as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. But, of course, if you ask them about their, uh, these gifts, they will tell you all of these are rumors. They, they don't have them. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that is an aspect of their humility. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, I have one more question, possibly two here. Uh, your training as a sociologist, I would imagine, helps you evaluate and respond to nuances of faith critically. There must be times when you're having a conversation, let's say, on original sin, when your modern mind could struggle to comprehend that. Uh, do you feel that there's any tension through the book? And I wondered how much of a challenge that was for you. Well, yes, it has been a challenge, and in fact, uh, I incorporate my skeptical questions into the text, which uh, allows the reader to really get answers that um, he or she also has, because I am a product of the modern world, of the modern rational world, and therefore confronting Mount Athos and the spiritual tradition of, of orthodoxy uh, is quite a challenge. Uh, you mentioned the notion of hell and damnation. I have very difficult uh, problems. I, I have a problem with, with this notion. I think it's a misinterpretation of the teachings of the elders, but that is something for the Church to, uh, to explore. Uh, if you speak with modern individuals who are university-educated and speak with the language of hell and damnation, they will turn the other way. They will not. <laughs> they will not take you seriously. So I, I like the way Father Maximus differentiates the uh, the different ages of people. That there are the the slaves of God, as he, as he said, who who do good because they are afraid of God. And if if they are not afraid of God, they can do horrible things. And therefore, he said in confessionals, I have to figure out whether the person that I have in front of me. Uh, is a slave of God, and in in that case, you have to tell them that if they do wrong things and they are propelled to do so, that they will uh, have uh, those severe consequences. And then he said there are the employees of God who believe that if they do good, they will get rewards from God, which of course is true. Uh, But the real mature spiritual people are those who think of God as the great beloved, and therefore, uh, they are neither the slaves nor the employees of God, but, uh, but the lovers of God. And I like this, um, this interpretation that makes the notion of hell irrelevant, really. No, I think that's, that's beautiful. And if you, I mean, we are, 
the creation of a loving God. Absolutely. I, do, I, can't, imagine, I can't imagine Jesus sending anybody to hell. I mean, we no. create our health in our own subjectivity. Right, right. I remember one uh, person I had met, he said, We're not the, we do not believe in a God who takes our soul and just kind of dangles it over hell waiting exactly. to drop us. That's not right. our God. Uh, one final question, Kiriako. Are you working on anything currently that you'd like to share with us? Well, I'm always working on something, and uh, I, at this point, I am uh, working on a spiritual autobiographical work. So it is, uh, uh, the subtitle is A Quest for Spirit in a Skeptical Age. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, we're all going to seek that mountain of silence that you've put together, and I hope and pray that our, our listeners will go and purchase the book. And they'll learn from it, and they'll pose their questions, and they'll work with their spiritual fathers, and bring themselves at all times closer to a loving God. Thank you so much. I mean, thank you. You've been listening to a conversation between Professor Kyriakos Markitis and our host, Father Christopher Metropolis, on this edition of Come Receive the Light, a part of the Orthodox Christian Network. Father Chris is the founder of this ministry and also the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. And by the way, Father Maximos is a graduate of Hellenic College and Holy Cross. We'll have links to the books by Dr. Markitis on our website at myocn.net. That's myocn.net. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you again for joining us on this edition of our broadcast. And remember, until we meet again... Always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way, and I'm not afraid to follow. I see the world your way, and I'm not ashamed to say so. I see the Jesus way, and I'm walking in the light.